You're listening to KFI AM 640, Wake Up Call with me, Amy King, on demand on the iHeartRadio app. It's time for your morning wake up call. Here's Amy King. This is your wake up call for Monday, August 21st. I'm Amy King. Good morning. Nice soggy one for us. Driving in, had some standing water on the freeway. So, uh, my advice to you, if you're out and about today, because it looks like the, the you know the storm's kind of tapering out, uh, go a little bit slower because especially until it gets light, you don't really see where there's standing water, and you don't know about it until you kind of hit it and start hydroplaning. My fun thing that I saw on the way in this morning on Riverside Drive was sprinklers going full force. Thought that was fun. You know, maybe they should have turned those off for today. For the most part, I know that there was some flooding. I know that there's been a lot of rain. But for, for where I was yesterday, it was just rain. I had the doors open all day. It was like 75 degrees. And at my house, I got no wind. I don't know if you guys got wind, but I got no wind. And then I just slept like a baby because having the rainfall, it was like one of those sleep machines. So hopefully you had a good experience. Wasn't a great experience for everybody. We got a lot going on today. We're going to give you the latest on the storm. We're going to let you know what else is going on in the world. So get your coffee. Buckle up. Here's what's ahead on the wake up call. Hillary has been downgraded to a post tropical cyclone as it continues to dump on the southwest. Hillary's maximum sustained winds have fallen to 35 miles per hour. Kids in L.A. public schools. Get the day off. Superintendent Alberto Carvalho says the move is being made out of an abundance of caution as Hillary moves through the region. Burbank and Pasadena schools are also closed. Anaheim schools are closed, too. Palm Springs is under a state of emergency after seeing its heaviest hourly rainfall total on record. Dozens of cars became trapped in the floodwaters. Indio has also declared a state of emergency. So let's get started with some of the stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom. Hillary has been soaking the Southland. One to four inches of rain has fallen across the valleys and more in the deserts and mountains. Saugus got about five and a half inches of rain as of last night. Officials in L.A. reported more than a dozen cases of flooding across the city and more than 5,000 L.A. DWP customers lost electricity yesterday with Boyle Heights and Hollywood among the hardest hit areas. There were also reports of power lines down, trees down, debris flows. L.A. County Board of Supervisors Chair Janice Hahn signed an emergency declaration yesterday to speed up any state and federal assistance. Uh, because of that flooding, five cars in Sun Valley got stuck on a road. Firefighters had to help at least one person get out of their car last night on Sherman Way at Hershey Drive. Nobody was hurt. Hurricane Hillary warnings may have kept most people away from Huntington Beach, but one surfer headed straight into the storm. Sweet. There'll be some swell finally. This surfer says she wants to experience God's nature. The wind and the drifts, just much more powerful. She said yesterday she's staying out even as Hillary rolled in. The tide should be dropping. It should be good. It's high tide right now, so it'll get better. So you're going back out there? Yes. OC Sheriff Don Barnes says mudslide danger in canyon areas will be monitored even after the rain stops. Majestica Canyon and Silverado Canyon 
And that's because of the debris flow potential as a result of the recent bonfire. In Silverado Canyon, Corbin Carson, KFI News. A bunch of colleges have canceled in-person classes today because of Hillary. That includes Cal State Long Beach, Cal State L.A., and all L.A. Community College District campuses. The nine impacted community colleges are going to do classes remotely or cancel them altogether. Normal operations are expected again tomorrow. Some of Southern California's desert communities could get a year's worth of rain in about a day because of what was Tropical Storm Hillary. That includes Death Valley, where some flooding was reported. The storm will undoubtedly set an August rainfall record for L.A. As we told you, we got lots of rain in the city. It's historically the driest month in the region. Average rainfall total for the month is zero inches. And as if a hurricane wasn't enough, at least 17 aftershocks have followed the magnitude 5.1 earthquake that hit Ventura County. The main quake hit yesterday afternoon centered four miles southeast of Ojai. The aftershock, uh, aftershocks range between magnitudes 2.8 and 3.6. This is the first time we've had a magnitude 5 since 1932 in exactly this location. That's quake expert Dr. Lucy Jones. She says the earthquake was probably not caused by all the rain. She called it a coincidence. And now let's say good morning to ABC's Alex Stone. Alex, we got a hurricane. Oh man, wasn't it crazy? It was so Did you crazy. feel it? I didn't. You know, I was on the phone to like my best friend yesterday afternoon who's up in Oregon and we're talking about the rain and we're all like, oh yeah, and it's it's not so bad. And then I get this alert that says, we've got a quake detected in your area. Stop, drop, roll, or whatever. <laughs> and you thought, oh, they got that wrong. It's I'm like, a storm in the area. I know. That's exactly what I thought. Then I checked my quake feed, and then I grabbed my cats and made sure that they were safe. But I didn't feel it at all. Yeah, it. Uh, we were in Santa Clarita, and uh, everything started shaking, and kids came running downstairs yelling, earthquake, earthquake. And then the, by that point, then the shake alert was going off and, and everything else and then overnight there there was one probably around 11 o'clock one of the aftershocks that woke me up that could hear the house moving and and knew immediately what it was so it's uh it's been nuts but uh on the hillary it is now a uh, post-tropical cyclone uh sitting over central nevada so it has moved on the, this double whammy should be clearing out today uh, i mean as folks are getting out and about right now they they know that there's still some rain that, that's lingering, but for the most part, it's now gone. And the, the flooding uh, levels in the areas like Palm Springs, where there was a little bit, uh, that's beginning to, to come down. So we should be in the clear now. Things should be better today with school. Many of the, the schools canceled today. Hopefully uh, clean up, let you know everybody's nerves come back together and then get to, get back to to routines tomorrow but the 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 bread uh, missing out of the stores they will restock today the the <laughs> bottled water that everybody loaded up on that that hopefully this is uh, kind of the end of it hopefully the aftershocks and we uh, we heard from this lady in in Ojai she was uh, right at the epicenter and and she definitely felt it there was a big jolt and my house started shaking and i heard a crack which turned out to be the tile on my porch and i jumped up and then it was over yeah that's kind of i mean how quick it it felt where i was as well i know a lot of people with shake alert that was kind of the first time it seemed to have worked and they depending on how far you were away from the epicenter the, the, the folks actually got warnings before the shaking started and santa clarita was kind of simultaneous because we were so close to, to ojai but that that it did work and, and people got you know half a second a second before they uh, they actually felt it but uh it seems according to lucy jones total coincidence but 
what a what a crazy 24 hours. Yeah, and then crazy too. Like you mentioned, there was the the jolt last night that woke you up. But after that, at first 5.1, then they just kept coming in and kept coming out. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's another one. Oh, there's another one. And a lot of them were twos, but they were like up to 3.6. And you can definitely feel that if you're close to it. So that it was just sort of a surreal, freaky thing yesterday. <laughs> I mean, the timing, because it's been, I don't know, I think since crest earthquake that, that that we've felt anything i don't know about you but it, it's been years since we felt an earthquake and for this to come on the the same day and then you know lucy jones points out there's a one in 20 chance that this was a four shock to something bigger that we know now that there were four shocks on saturday to yesterday's quake and that there could, highly unlikely, but there could be this. It might be a foreshock to something in the, the next couple of days. So that's always in the, the back of the mind of what if will we be ready and maybe just have the plan ready to go in case it, it is a, a foreshock to something. But there were a lot of aftershocks and they, they were coming in hot and heavy. Well, and they're continuing. There was one at 422 this morning. Oh, really? At 2.3. Oh, so. There was a 2.1. <laughs> the the at, waking up with that was not uh, maybe the end of it. Yeah. I mean, these. Th oh, and then at 1251 this morning, there was a 3.0. So you might have felt that one. Jeez. I'm sure that's normal, but 5.1 isn't that big. This seems like a lot of aftershocks, but maybe not. Yeah. So um, when you got the quake alert, you said it, it happened almost instantly, that, and then you felt the jolt. Yeah, it was simultaneous. I mean, it, the, the shaking started, and I would say maybe two or three seconds later, then my phone went off. Um, and But some colleagues who live down in, like, Long Beach and more uh, toward the south, they, before they felt any shaking, and, and they got it pretty minor there, but they had gotten the alert before. So it, it did work, and, and I don't remember it ever going off and, and working before, but it, but it did work. Well, it didn't work for me because... Oh, really? Well, I mean, it did. I got the quake alert. I didn't feel it. But you know what I didn't do? I didn't stop and take cover. Well, nor did I. <laughs> I mean, I just stood there and went, oh, and I, like I said, I went for the cats. <laughs> Yeah. Like to make sure that they were okay. But if there had been a big quake, I got to pay better attention to that. And because these are kind of a new thing that we get this little yeah, what it warning. tells you to do. So, but also, and then you, we got the flash flood warnings, which I got another one at like three o'clock this yeah, morning. Yeah, that on my came in, in this morning. Yeah. So there, um, that's in effect until uh, eight o'clock this morning for LA County and I think nine o'clock for Orange County. Yeah, and then County. we should be done at that point, I, I think. But on the, the quake, yeah, I mean, and our kids came running downstairs. We we're like, that's probably not what you're supposed to do either. Come yelling, <laughs> screaming down the stairs. I ran to the microphone. I guess that's what the news person does where you don't take cover, you run to the mic. And uh, so I don't think any of us did what we're told to do. Yeah. Okay. So up in the desert, they were saying pretty much historic rainfall, like they got a year's worth of rain. Have we had any of the big flooding mudslides? No, and the, you know, Palm Springs, Eisenhower Medical Center, they had some flooding. City Hall had a little bit of flooding. But I got to say, for what we experienced yesterday, and there were some areas that, that reported 11 inches of rain, which that's a lot of rain, especially yeah. in the, the desert in the, the summertime, that we didn't have any major power outages i know there were a few but but and i think that that's the lack of wind in that it wasn't like a santa Ana event yeah i didn't we, have any wind at my house no and there was a little bit overnight but it, it wasn't knocking out power there wasn't major flooding there there was you know some debris flow here and there and i know there's worry about today but out in the the desert 
and you know, no major injuries that, that we know of, no major damage. This is pretty incredible. We we had a hurricane or whatever we're going to end up calling it, and that there weren't any major disruptions of any kind, and you know, people just kind of rode it out. There have been more minor storms that. In the end, there's major power outages and there's mudslides all over and, you know, people are evacuating out of their homes. And we didn't get a lot of that. And thank goodness. And mm-hmm. th- there are areas that people are going to say, yeah, but we had fill in the blank. Um, but but generally speaking, major stuff. No, at the end of this, not a lot of it. Yeah. Well, that that makes me happy. So I'm, I'm glad we were prepared. I'd rather be over prepared than under prepared. So. You know, hopefully, but it was nuts. I think everybody's nerves are fried today. Yep, <laughs> good thing schools are out because everybody just needs to kind of chill. Take you know, rest. watch Netflix, go for a run in the in the sunshine this afternoon, and and just say, "Whew, we did it." All right. Thanks so much, Alex Stone. Appreciate it. You got it. Thanks, Amy. Here's some of the stories you're waking up to. A flash flood warning for L.A., Glendale, Santa Clarita, Thousand Oaks, Simi Valley, and Oxnard. Still in effect until 8 this morning. Leona Valley got more than six inches of rain in the storm. Burbank got about three and a half inches. Orange County is also under a flash flood warning until 9 a.m. Flash flood warnings have expired for Apple Valley and the Inland Empire. At least 17 aftershocks have rumbled under Ojai following a 5.1 earthquake yesterday afternoon at 2.45. Five of those aftershocks happened hours later between 9.45 and 10.30. And there's even been some this morning. At 5.35, we're going to be talking to ABC's Karen Travers as the president and first lady head to Hawaii to get a firsthand look at Lahaina. But right now, let's say good morning to Rory O'Neill at the iHeart Hurricane Center. Good morning, Rory. Hey, Amy. Good morning. Good morning. So uh, you know uh, all about hurricanes. So let's talk about this one uh, now that it's a post-tropical cyclone. Uh, cyclone, did, right. Did she did she perform the way that they expected? It seems like we kind of uh, got off easy on this. Yeah, well, you also lucked out on the track of the storm. You know, a few days ago when they were looking at this, uh, the hurricane forecasters in South Florida were concerned that this storm may have had a bit more of a westerly track. And if it did, San Diego and L.A. would have been hit much harder. Instead, the center of the storm passed to the east. And that's good because the toughest part of these storms is always on the eastern side. So that's where a lot of the moisture came down. And that's where we saw some of the strongest winds. Didn't really get much significant storm surge in L.A. or San Diego So if the area has to be hit by a tropical storm once every 100 years or so, uh, that was a pretty good path for this storm to take. Yeah, and and we really, with hurricanes, you have an idea, but are, are we better at forecasting them now or do we just still not quite know and they could kind of change track at any time? Well, no, they still do change track. And what the forecasters are particularly bad at is forecasting hurricane intensity. That is, whether or not it's a tropical storm or if it stays a Category 1 hurricane or a 2 or balloons all the way up to a Category 5 like Hurricane Katrina. So uh, that's what they're pretty bad at. But they were pretty accurate with this one as the storm approached, uh, you know, that 72-hour to 48-hour timeline they had it uh, right on as passing just to the east of, of the major metropolitan areas, but still dumping a lot of rain. And we're still seeing these reports of places like um, uh, Death Valley getting record amounts of rainfall or, or 10 months worth of rain in a single day. And it's, uh, we're still waiting to see what the effects are when it comes to rock slides or mudslides. 
because uh, the effects of this are not over yet. Okay, and when you say that the Death Valley could get a year's worth of rain or almost a year's worth of rain in a single day, is that still only a couple of inches because they usually don't get any? It is. So it's still only three or four inches. We saw that in Palm Springs as well. I think they got about three and a half inches of rain, but they only get normally about four and a half inches of rain. Uh, but the roads just aren't designed for it. The drainage system just isn't ready for that. And the ground just doesn't handle rain as well. I'm in Florida. We get three inches of rain every other day uh, <laughs> in, in these uh, steamy summer months. But we are a swamp, so there are plenty of places for that water to go. That's not the case uh, in these desert communities where the, the, the ground just doesn't absorb the water like it does here. Okay, and, and a couple of days ago, when it strengthened to a Category 4, a four storm, I think that's when everybody mm -hmm. really went, oh, wow, this could really be bad. Even though forecasters had said when it hits the, the water as it heads north, it hits the cooler water, that would weaken it, and it did. So did right. anything... So you have the Go ahead. You had the cooler water hitting it, uh, and then you also had the center of the storm passing over the Baja Peninsula as well. That really robs it of its power. These things are fed by warm ocean waters. And if you've probably seen the map today, the forecasters are talking about what's happening in the Atlantic Ocean right now. We've got three named storms, two more on the verge of being named. So suddenly someone flipped a switch, and with all the hot temperatures the, the, the hotter than ever temperatures recorded in the Atlantic Ocean, they're really gearing up for a heck of a hurricane season. Uh, the next couple of weeks are going to be interesting. When is, is this typical hurricane season or are we late or early this year? Uh, so the hurricane season is six months long, but oh. it does tend to peak from uh, mid-August through mid-October. Uh, and really the, the peak day, I think, is September 10th. Uh, is on average the day when we see the most storm activity. So we really are now getting into the heart of the hurricane season. And to have so many suddenly churn up after what had been a relatively quiet season, we're all buckled up here saying, oh, here we go. But at the same time, you know, Hillary is bringing flash flood watches into Idaho, which just seems <laughs> remarkable uh, that somebody made Mother Nature very angry this week. Okay, so now not having been through a hurricane or a tropical storm since we're in Southern California and we haven't seen them for years and years, I thought it was really interesting that yesterday when the rain was falling, you felt those bands because it would rain and then it would stop and then it would rain and then it would stop. And is that pretty typical of a hurricane or is it more nonstop? No, very much. Uh, that's how these go. These bands of rain and it sort of ebbs and flows and you sort of, oh, that was a bad one. And you go, OK, oh, that one wasn't so bad. Was that the worst of it? Oh, no, nope, nope, this one is. So it, it does sort of keep you on edge. You know, you were lucky in that this hit on a Sunday. So so many people got to be home from work and just spend time with the families uh, and that uh, it was so fast moving. You know, typically these hurricanes move around 12, 14 miles an hour. This one was going twice as fast, so it helped to speed it along into the interior portions, uh, and that would help reduce the total amount of rainfall. That's something else that the Hurricane Center had to adjust along the way, just how fast the storm was moving, but that really was a blessing. All right. Well, next time we have a hurricane, Rory, I hope we get to talk to you again. 
<laughs> well, I'll have to wait 84 more years. We'll talk to you then. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much, Rory O'Neill. He is uh, at our hurricane desk, our national correspondent for iHeartRadio. Right now, let's say good morning to ABC's Karen Travers. As SoCal deals with heavy rain and flooding from Hillary, President Biden and the First Lady are headed to Hawaii to tour damage from another disaster. Good morning, Karen. Yeah, they are. Good morning. They're going to be traveling to Maui today to meet with emergency responders, survivors, community members, and state and local officials, and some of the federal officials that are on the ground to help with the recovery efforts. And they're first going to receive an aerial tour before they even touch down on the ground to take a look from above at the impacted areas. Then they'll land in Lahaina and tour part of that historic town to see the wildfire damage firsthand. The president tonight will deliver remarks and announce that a top FEMA official, Bob Fenton, will serve as the chief federal response coordinator to oversee what the White House says will be a long-term coordinated federal recovery effort. Officials say that he is one of the nation's most experienced disaster response and recovery officials and that Fenton has been on the ground in Hawaii since the wildfire started. So he knows the area, he knows this current disaster very well, and he is somebody that will lead them through the short, medium, and long-term recovery because it's going to be a big one. They have a lot of needs there right now, and it's going to be a big rebuilding effort, and housing is, of course, a very big concern going forward. Well, they basically have to start over. That whole town is gone. Yeah, and, you know, they're talking now about... Uh, where things stand in terms of moving people into something sort of more permanent. The number of survivors, according to the White House, that are in shelters was reduced by 50 percent late last week. And the Red Cross, they say, expects to move all survivors who are in shelters into hotel rooms by next week, so giving something a little bit more permanent something and maybe feels a little bit better. Uh, but you're right. I mean, the, the decimation is just staggering. And the rebuilding is going to take some time to give people back what they lost. Uh, but that's something that the president will likely hear from people today when he sits down later this evening. Their last event is what the White House calls a community engagement, where they'll meet with people who have gone through so much and hear their stories. I mean, this is where presidents do that consoler-in-chief, comforter-in-chief role, giving out hugs and also just listening hearing firsthand what they've been through and what they need. So on the ground, he's going to go and see Lahaina or what is mm -hmm. left of it. But then yeah. actually he will be sitting and talking to some of the residents. He will be. That's the last thing that they'll do. Uh, and we're expected to see some of that. But I think a lot will take place behind closed doors where the president can just sit and hear from people. We expect to meet with some of the families who lost loved ones. Uh, but also a lot of this is really focused, too, on what the emergency needs are right now and what the rebuilding efforts will be like going forward. OK, Karen Travers, thank you so much for checking in. Good to know that uh, the president is there and going to be assessing stuff and that a lot of money is coming in to mm -hmm. help the people in Hawaii. Have a great day. So as we were talking about, Lahaina was devastated, destroyed. You've seen the pictures. Have you seen the picture of the miracle home in Lahaina? I was talking to a friend yesterday who sent me a picture of it. There is one house in this whole neighborhood that is still standing and you can see it. It looks like it might have been photoshopped in, but it's not. It's actually a house on Front Street, which is right up against the water. But then you see all these just piles of rubble. Every other house is gone in the whole neighborhood. And um, they're trying to figure out why this one was spared. It's interesting because there were some fires in Colorado a few years ago. And my friend David 
uh, his neighborhood was affected and like every house in his neighborhood was burned to the ground except his. So it's another one of these just really odd situations. And they're trying to figure out why this one house was spared. I mean, it looks almost unscathed. And one of the reasons would be that possibly when they remodeled the house, they put a red roof on it and it's a metal roof. So it couldn't burn. And then um, officials also said the other thing that may have saved it was that they cut all the brush away from the house. So they have like a, it's called a zone zero or an ember ignition zone. They dug out the existing landscaping around the house and replaced it with river stones. Well, they did it because they said they wanted the drainage and that kind of stuff. So they did it for a very practical reason, but the effect of it is that it may have just saved their home. But Wow. Every other house just absolutely devastated. But I think if you Google the Miracle House in Lahaina, you'll see it. It's pretty amazing. Several firefighters narrowly escaped a mudslide in San Bernardino County. Mud, boulders and trees came rushing toward a group of firefighters from behind Fire Station 99 in Forest Falls yesterday. The firefighters saw the mudslide racing toward them after they went out to investigate a loud noise. Forest Falls is in the El Dorado fire burn scar and is under a shelter in place order until the uh, storm passes. News brought to you by American Vision Windows. Showers are going to continue into today before the precipitation begins to taper off. L.A. Fire Chief Kristen Crowley said as of yesterday afternoon, there hadn't been any reports of injuries or major damage from the storm. But there were more than a dozen reports of flooding across the city and about 5,000 DWP customers lost electricity. Boyle Heights and Hollywood were among the hardest hit areas. Some power lines are down. A pair of debris flows were reported in the Sherman Oaks area. Residents of an apartment building in Koreatown reported a partial roof collapse. Several schools have joined the L.A. school district in closing schools for the day because of what was Tropical Storm Hillary. Superintendent Alberto Carvalho says because the storm hit hardest overnight, the district needed time to make sure that it would be safe for students to return. As early as 5.36 a.m., we have students usually walking to school. Without the ability to inspect schools or the, the access to schools, we cannot determine if there are power lines down or tree limbs down. The Anaheim, Inglewood, and Paramount school districts have also announced school closures. All schools are expected to reopen tomorrow. Palm Springs has issued a local emergency declaration because of inundated roadways. The city of Indio did the same, saying the storm threatened local infrastructure and public health and safety. Palm Desert also reported a series of road closures because of flooding, which caused a stretch of the 10 to be closed in both directions yesterday. Governor Newsom issued a state of emergency over the weekend for much of Southern California to support storm response and recovery efforts. First, it was the West Coast. Now it's the East Coast turn. One of several storm systems in the Atlantic Ocean has become Tropical Storm Emily. The National Hurricane Center said yesterday it was far from land moving west in the open ocean. Tropical Storm Franklin has formed in the eastern Caribbean and Tropical Storm watches have been issued for the southern coasts of Haiti and the Dominican Republic. The first of three memorial services is being held for men, the, uh, the three men killed in a midair helicopter collision during a brush fire in Cabazon. The service for Cal Fire Captain Tim Rodriguez will be this morning at the Ontario Convention Center. A memorial for Fire Assistant Chief Josh Bischoff will be Thursday at the Toyota Arena, also in Ontario. Funeral services for contract pilot Tony Souza will be held Friday in Northern California. 
Orange County Sheriff's deputies have shot a man suspected of stabbing two people at an apartment complex in Lake Forest. Officials say they found two women with multiple stab wounds yesterday. One of them died. Police confronted a man outside the complex where he was shot. He and one of the people stabbed were taken to the hospital. Officials say they believe the man is related to the two women. Firefighters are working to put out a fire in uh, that's burning uh, several semi-trucks and at least four other vehicles in Wilmington. LA Fire says the fire is burning in a dismantling yard on North Sanford Avenue. Former President Trump has confirmed he will not be attending the first Republican presidential primary debate in Milwaukee. ABC's Selena Wang says that doesn't necessarily mean Trump won't be heard from Wednesday evening. Sources telling ABC News that former President Donald Trump has already pre-recorded a sit-down interview with Tucker Carlson. Wang says the interview is intended to be counter-programming to the debate. So far, eight candidates have met the RNC's polling and donor threshold to participate in the debate. And an all-star baseball team from El Segundo is four wins away from winning the Little League World Series in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. They're playing a team from Texas this afternoon. The game will be televised on ESPN2. Go El Segundo. Flash flood warnings have expired for Apple Valley and the Inland Empire. At least 17 aftershocks have rumbled under Ojai following a 5.1 earthquake yesterday afternoon at 2.45. That was felt in several areas around the Southland. I personally didn't feel it. Uh, five of them happened hours later between 9.45 and 10.30 last night. And then there have been a few more early this morning. Let's say good morning to ABC's Stephen Portnoy. Because Hillary isn't the only thing going on in the world today. There could be more tough news for former President Trump because of his chief of staff. Good morning, Stephen. Hey, good morning to you, Amy. And we are watching the developments with Hillary here in Washington, D.C. So uh, best to everyone in the Southland as we uh, monitor the rain. Hope everybody uh, made it through and with the earthquake, too. I know we had a hurricane. Yeah. Well, uh, in the other news here in Washington, D.C., we are monitoring developments with respect to Mark Meadows, because this has to do with what he is said to have told special counsel investigators. We broke the news yesterday morning that Mark Meadows has told the special counsel's team that he has no memory, no memory of Donald Trump issuing any kind of declassification order for the documents that Donald Trump took with him from the White House to Mar-a-Lago. This doesn't have to do with January 6th as much as it has to do with the classified documents case that Trump faces in South Florida in the federal court, the case brought by the special counsel. Remember, Donald Trump is accused of obstructing justice in his retention of classified materials and the efforts that he allegedly undertook with his body man, with his maintenance man, to prevent the government from recapturing those public papers and having them properly stored in government facilities at the National Archives. Trump is accused of hiding those documents, even from his own attorneys, so that the attorney would attest in writing that all the classified papers were turned over. Uh, Mark Meadows says that he has no memory to back up Trump's public defense. Trump's lawyers have not been in court arguing this in their filings, but Trump himself has been on television. He has been uh, on a social media platform talking about this idea that he had the power to declassify material and he used it. Well, if his senior aide in the White House at this time has no memory of Trump issuing such an order, it really does make you wonder whether such an order ever existed. So would an order like that have to go through Mark Meadows? All power in the Constitution, in Article 2, 
is vested in the president of the United States when it comes to the presidency. It's all in his person. And all the power that is derived from the president when it comes to the handling of classified material goes up to the president and flows down from him. In theory, and I say in theory because it's a theory. Because it's never been tested before, right? Well, it's never been tested before, and ultimately, at the end of the day, to the extent that uh, it, it, it is it is all of the cases, and there have been so many cases where people have been brought before judges and juries and thrown in prison for violating these laws, in theory, all the power in this area vests in the president himself. But when papers are declassified, when the government says that this is a secret that is fit for public consumption, there is a process. And that process traditionally involves bringing in the agencies that created the secret document, talking with the leaders, making sure that they are on board with public release of this information. They call this the equities of the various agencies. Now listen, they don't have the final say. The president always has the final say. But when it's been used by Donald Trump and other presidents, it's always gone through this process. Now the theory holds that the President of the United States himself has the ultimate authority. And the President of the United States, the former President, claims he used it. But when his senior most aide says he has no memory of Trump actually using it, well, that's a compelling argument that the prosecutor is going to make that the former President never used it. And, in addition to, to Mark Meadows not having any memory, you also have that audio tape. That audio tape that's been obtained by ABC News and other news organizations in which uh, someone who's writing a book for Mark Meadows is sitting with Donald Trump at Bedminster, New Jersey in 2021. They're discussing this paper that Trump presents that is trying to he's trying to make an argument that that Mark Milley, the chief of uh, the, uh, uh, the Joint Chiefs chairman, had this idea of attacking Iran. And here's the paper. See, it's marked secret. I'm paraphrasing the former president. Is he, I, I, And I shouldn't have it and you shouldn't see it because it's secret. I had the power to declassify it, but I didn't. And now I don't have that power anymore. When you match that audio tape from 2021 with Mark Meadows saying he has no memory of Trump's power to declassify in his final days of the presidency, and it just you, you put those two things together, it, it contradicts Trump's public statements since that he did have the power and he used it. Ultimately, a jury is going to be asked to weigh this question, and they'll be asked, who do you believe? Do you believe Donald Trump on tape and his former aide? Or do you believe Donald Trump what he says when he's not under oath outside of courtroom? Okay, then one one other question for you. Is it possible that they could argue, well, Donald Trump declassified those things. He just didn't tell anybody about it. He was the president. And he could do it at any time. They could argue that, but they have not argued that. Donald uh -huh. Trump has been saying it in interviews. He's been saying it on social media, but his attorneys... When they have been representing their case so far in the hearings that have taken place in South Florida, they've not argued that. And it's probably because, if you had to guess, they have no evidence to back it up. Okay. It just keeps getting curiouser and curiouser, doesn't it? <laughs> Stay tuned. Remember, by the end of the week, Donald Trump has to turn himself in in, in Fulton County, Georgia. Oh, that's in, right. On, it, by Friday, in, right? In the January 6th. Yes, in that January 6th case. Just, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm paid to keep track of this stuff. Sometimes <laughs> it's hard. Uh, the, the former president's expected to turn himself into the Fulton County jail for booking. The arraignment will happen, we expect, after Labor Day. So, and everybody, there's 19 people total, including the former president, that have to do that. 
Has anybody gone down to Fulton County yet? Not that I'm aware of. I I don't know if it's going to be coordinated. You know, the Fulton County authorities put out a statement last week that reminded all 19 co-defendants that the jail is open 24-7 whenever they're ready. Okay. ABC Stephen Portnoy, thank you so much. Appreciate it. You bet. I'm sure we're going to be talking to Stephen again very, very soon. Hey, if you had a flight affected by Hillary, uh, some nice news for you. The airlines are issuing waivers. So uh, more than a thousand flights have been canceled. And that was just yesterday. Uh, more than 4,500 were delayed as of nine o'clock or actually six o'clock our time last night. So um, if Make sure you call your airlines if you were affected, because what they're basically letting you do is change your flights and they're not charging you those fees. I know the fees went away during the pandemic, but they're back. So and looking through this list, it looks like everybody's doing it. America and Alaska, Delta, Hawaiian, Frontier, JetBlue, Spirit, Southwest. Um, and I guess, yep, United's on that list, too. So if you were affected, make sure you reach out to your airlines and make sure that they don't charge you. We are going to be, uh, we're going to be with Handle on the News in just a moment. And I'm sure we're going to get lots more about uh, what was Hurricane and then Tropical Storm and now uh, post-tropical cyclone Hillary. We lead local, live from the KFI 24-hour newsroom. I'm Amy King. This has been your wake-up call. And if you missed any of wake-up call, we had some really good interviews this morning. You can listen anytime on the iHeartRadio app. You've been listening to Wake Up Call with me, Amy King. You can always hear Wake Up Call 5 to 6 a.m. Monday through Friday on KFI AM 640 and anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. 